This content may not be suitable for all listeners. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Shockingly Wicked, a true crime podcast where we bring you true crime cases from the headlines to the hometowns. I'm Brianna. And I had COVID. (laughs) Yes, so our schedule got a little bit messed up, but it is okay. Brittany is okay, thankfully. It was rough. Yeah, it sounded like it. I had it back in August of last year and it was not fun. (laughs) Yeah, and I got the vaccination, so it was like rough. Yeah. Chris didn't get it. Well, at least he didn't get it, but I mean, you you've been through it, you made it. I know you're really bored <laughs> throughout the process, it was, but it was fine the first week cuz I didn't feel good and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything. But that second week hit and I felt better and I was like, this is rough. I'm ready to go <laughs> out. Yeah. You're a much more social person than I am cuz I was just like, nope, I'm going to take this time and just kind of relax and well, sleep. I don't like starting new shows either. I like to rewatch the same <laughs> shows. And I didn't uh-huh. feel like rewatching The Vampire Diaries. And they took office off of Netflix. And I just got done rewatching The Bold Types. I'm like, mm, I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, sounds like the perfect opportunity to start a new show. But such, such is life, I guess. Such is life. <laughs> so, Brittany is feeling better. We decided we aren't going to do a two-parter for the beginning of September, mainly because we have a special episode coming out on Halloween this year. And so that's going to be our final episode for this season. And so we didn't need to do a two-parter for the beginning of September. So Brittany is leading this episode and it's on Pee Wee Gaskins. Is that is that correct? Yeah, his name is Donald Gaskins, but he's only, let me tell you, he's only five foot five and 130 pounds. <laughs> so, so they call him Pee Wee. Quite short. And I just want to let you know, my husband has been harassing me to do this case. So to get him off my back, that's why I'm doing it. So he'll leave me alone. At least you're, you're giving in to peer, peer pressure. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> this is that uh, bullying love language that, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Brittany's episode. I don't actually know anything about it, so I'm going into this completely blind, just like all of you. Well, maybe. Some of you guys might have heard of it, but yeah. So, Brittany, take it away. Okay. So we have Born on March 3rd. 13th, just kidding. It's March 13th. <laughs> off in to 19 19- start. Yeah, off to a great start. Okay, so on March 13th, 1933, in Florence County, South Carolina, Donald Henry Gaskins was born. And not a blessing. <laughs> they called him Pee Wee because he was only five foot five and 130 pounds. So that's rough. That's rough. Love that for him. So his mom was a prostitute, which is fine. That's what you mm-hmm. choose to do. Um, but she would regularly beat and sexually humiliate him and even sold him to her boyfriends and clients at the time. And then they would have, they would, he would have like a lot of different stepfathers and they would also beat him. So great start. So he had a pretty rough, rough life. I don't feel bad for him. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty terrible, but yeah, but in kindergarten he was murdering cats. So, um, I don't feel bad. To be fair, I would say that the abuse probably contributed to that. Yeah. Also, but, they were poor and it was in the 30s. Oh, so. uh, okay. 
well, in the 30s, yeah, everybody was doing what they could to survive after the Depression and during the war and all that coming His up. His mom took little interest in him when he was mm-hmm. growing up. And when he was just a year old, he accidentally drank kerosene. Oh, how do you accidentally that's, drink kerosene? <laughs> that's what I said. And so this would lead him to suffer from intermittent, like, convulsions throughout his life, like, for years. And he would, like, go on to blame these when he gets caught, the convulsions for his crimes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand how you accidentally drink kerosene. Who just has kerosene laying around? Uh, I mean, maybe back then they had, like, kerosene lamps instead of, like, electricity because of the like depression and all that i don't know but that would be my guess like is that they had kerosene lamps but you would think you would put something like that out of reach of a child so he would fight other kids at school daily because they would make fun of him because he was teeny tiny (laughs) so at age 11 he goes on to quit school so quit school at age 11 which i think is like fifth grade yeah or sixth grade it's it's somewhere around there and he got a job at a local garage where he would work on, work on cars. And it's actually really sad because he apparently is really good at it because he does it throughout the story or yeah. like his lifetime. So like if he just focused his energy on that, yeah, whatever. Use um, that as an outlet instead of whatever he's going to do. So he eventually befriended these two boys, Marshall and Danny. I'm sorry, it's Marsh, but I'm sure his real name was Marshall. The three were all around the same age and all dropouts, mm-hmm. and they would call their group the Trouble Trio. That was their band name. <laughs> the Trouble Trio. That's <laughs> That sounds like something that 11-year-olds would do. <laughs> so the three would go on to burglarize homes, oh. pick up prostitutes and beat them, and would sometimes rape little boys. Ooh. Okay. And then they would threaten the boys and say that if they go to the police, they would kill them and their families. So nobody reported it. It's not funny. It's not funny. How old were they? Like Eleven. Okay. So one day they all decided, the three of them decided to gang rape Marsha's sister, his little sister. What the hell? And so they were caught by Marsh's parents. And then the dad would go on to tie the three boys up and then beat them until they bled through their clothes. I, mean, I can't blame him. Yeah, I can't either. They raped his daughter. Like, even if one of them is his son, like, you would think that would mean he wasn't going to do something as terrible as that. But So I guess this was a breaking point for the trio because they broke up after that. So the, oh. the band did not get, get back together. <laughs> It's R. not R. funny. P. It's terrible. R.I.P. I guess. So Danny and Marsh left the area after this, mm-hmm. and Gaskins was still there. I also need to mention, because his mom was poop, he harbored a hatred for women. M- most serial killers do. Yeah. But that didn't deter him. He would go after men, too. So he was an equal opportunity asshole. He hated everybody equally. <laughs> So his crimes quickly graduated from burglary to assaulting children, bludgeoning random people, and then even raping a toddler. Mm. So Pee-wee, I'm going to call him like, I'll change from Pee-wee to Gaskin throughout the story. So that's what he'll be referred to as by. But Pee-wee never knew his biological father, which was given. This is 
terrible. He was so neglected as a child that the first time he learned that his name wasn't actually Peewee was at 13 when he was in court for a string of rapes and assaults he had committed. So that's when he heard Donald was Donald Henry was his birth given name. I understand giving somebody a nickname that you use more often than their actual name. I do that with my pets all the time. But like, this is a human being. <laughs> like, how are you going to not tell him what his name is? <laughs> so Shirley Gaskins is his daughter. This is a direct quote from her. My daddy was a bad boy. When he was little, my grandma said he was always doing something he wasn't supposed to. He used to get whippings a lot. I mean, I can that's see putting it, it lightly. So <laughs> he was a bad boy. Yeah, I would say so. So while robbing a home one day, a young girl. Okay, so this was in 1946. So he was robbing okay. a home. A young girl walked into the room and she caught Gaskins. So to def- like to get him out of the house, she tried to swing at him with an axe. So he took the axe from her and hit her over the head with it and split her skull open. Ooh. And then he fled the house and left. She survived. Wow. Period queen. <laughs> was able to identify him as the man who attacked her. So, good. period. We love her. <laughs> love that for her. He was arrested and found guilty of an assault with a deadly weapon and intent to kill. Yeah. And this is when he heard his first given name. He was like, <laughs> my name is Donald. <laughs> I feel bad for laughing, but just, Jesus, how do you not tell a kid his name? I don't know. So, he was sent to the South Carolina Industrial School for White Boys, because everything was segregated at this time, and that's where he would stay until he was 18. So, he got sent there at 13, and he would stay until he was 18. I just want to talk about this school for a little bit, because I was a little interested, because it's in Florence County, or it was, it's no longer there. So, it was locally known as SCIS. Mm Mm-hmm. It was opened in 1906 as an industrial school for white boys. I'm assuming they had something similar for for black boys. I couldn't find anything. The only thing I could find was the white one. More often than not, they just didn't educate black people. Well, this is not... This is basically a juvenile. Like, they can't send them to jail. So... Yeah, they... Well, I don't know, because they they probably just put kids of color into, like, regular jails, because they were like, oh, you guys aren't people. So they, they probably did... But this was in Florence County, so they didn't have anything similar in Florence County, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, But the school was closed in 1970s when the juvenile justice system was desegregated. So then yep. they decided to merge everybody. So the, now the site is occupied by the State Department of Disabilities and Special Needs. So in 1910, the state reported spending a whopping $14.99 a month per boy. And in 1950, there were 212 boys ranging from 18 to 16. So, I wanted to break it down. Okay, it's $430.77 per boy in today's times, which would make it $91,323.24 per month in today's times, and $1,095,878.87 per year. So, basically, college tuition. (laughs) But that was low. They were not spending a lot of money on them because regular schools averaged $15.88 in 1915 for regular schools per student. I didn't really do the math because I didn't want to do all that. It's fine. So the industrial school would appeal for schools in the area to donate used athletic equipment that were no longer suitable for their students. So they're like, they can use it no matter how bad the condition is. Or they don't have anything. 
they're trying to be thrifty, which I understand if you're paying that much money a year for children. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're not really paying a lot for them. They're not really like, like if you compare from the times, yeah. regular like public schools are getting $15.88 per student while they're only getting $14.99. They're also not feeding them. Like, they're skimping out. I mean, they are feeding them, but they're not feeding them regular <laughs> school lunches. Yeah. They're very, they're not spending athletic. They're not doing a lot. I don't really like reform schools. They're never yeah. good. Especially in these times. Yeah. So, to Pee Wee's incarceration. So, immediately after entering the reformatory, an older boy beat Gaskins up and declared him his sweetheart due to his tiny statue. Well... This status of being the sweetheart involved regular rapes and being forced to do hard labor. Well. So. I feel like that happens a lot in reformatory schools. To Like, where are the people? Yeah. Like, that and in prisons, too. Like, that's, like, a common thing. And it's just kind of like. And I feel like, this is where I feel like rape's not about, like, sexual pleasure sometimes. It's about power. Yeah, like, it's absolutely about power and that dynamic. You want to assert your dominance over this other person. So, this older boy would also trade Gaskins for cigarettes and other favors. So, basically, this boy ended up doing to him what his mom did to him when he was a kid. Yes. Gaskin claimed that in one session, he was gang raped by more than 20 boys at a time. Oh. I don't feel bad. I mean, I feel a little bad. Like, even if he's a terrible person, nobody deserves to go through something like that. I just feel like reformatory schools are terrible because they get all these, like, kids while they're going through the hormones, you know? They're kids who already have behavioral problems all And now in they're one experiencing place. hormones and puberty yeah. and... So we need better guards. Yeah, I was about to say they need better supervision because nobody's paying attention to them, clearly. So after this... Gaskins agreed to sexually service the dorm's boss boy for protection, and this went on for, like, five more years. Once he turned 18 years old, on his 18th birthday, he was released from the reformatory school. Because, okay, so Gaskin would continuously try to escape the reformatory school, but, I mean, I can't blame him. Like, he tried and tried and tried and tried. So, because of his determination to escape the reform school it was recommended that he visit a mental health hospital and visit with a psychiatrist this psychiatrist found him sane and he was sent back to the reform school so i don't know but it's also in the 40s and mental health was taboo back then so it was abysmal the final time he tried to escape he was successful at it but before his final escape, he was caught, like, several times. And then when he was sent back to the reform school, after they caught him for trying to escape, he was beat by the guards. So it was, like, a cycle. So the final time he tried to escape, he was successful. He caught a ride with a passing carnival and met a 13-year-old girl who he soon after married. So. And he was 18 at the time? No, he was 13. This is before he was released. Oh, okay. So how, how could somebody who's 13 years old get married? Because it's like, in the South in the 40s. But who who let that happen? <laughs> Two 13-year-olds? Like, I mean, to be fair, they don't have parents. Well, he has a mom that's yeah. not watching him, and I don't know where her parents are. She's with a carnival. I don't... So, inspired by his new marriage, he decided to finish his sentence at the reform school and then returned back to it because he was like, I'm going to get an education. And I was like, <laughs> just took you long enough. Yeah. 
He became a new man. So he was legally released on his 18th birthday. Okay. <laughs> this man. Once he was married, he met back up with his wife, his 13. Well, I'm sure she's older now because I think they married when they were 13. So mm-hmm. he's now 18. He met back up with his wife and he found employment on a local tobacco farm because he was like, I'm going to try. This didn't go very long because he would steal crops and sell them on the side to get <laughs> some more money. I mean, I respect the coin, but... Yeah, I appreciate the hustle, but... He uh, would also work with, like, other people. They would... So, like, people would come to him and pay him a fee, and he would go burn down their farms for them to collect uh, the insurance money on them. <laughs> he worked with a partner on this. I don't know his partner's name. But one day... So he's still working at the tobacco farm during all this, but Mm -hmm. his employer's daughter questioned him about his involvement with the fires. And she was like, tell the truth. I'm going to turn you into the police. Well, when she said this, he had a hammer in his hand and he used the hammer to split her skull open with it. She survived. So he's not very good. (laughs) Yeah. How are you going to do this twice? (laughs) The girl turned Gaskins into the police. She identified him as the man who attacked her. You would think that after the first time, you would learn to to swing harder, I guess. <laughs> or just not do it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that too, obviously. That's, that's the moral thing to do, but obviously he is not one of those types of people, so. So he received a five-year prison sentence for assault with a deadly weapon and attempted murder. <laughs> so same sentence. <laughs> now he's sent to South Carolina State Penitentiary. Once he arrived, he was reportedly sexually enslaved by a gang leader who was also incarcerated at the same time as Gaskin was. So apparently all these people think he's very cute. I've looked up pictures of him. I don't see it. Whatever. Well, now I have to go look up a picture of him. (laughs) He's like 5'4". I mean... I'm 5'4". He's my height. It takes all types of people. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. In retaliation, Pee-wee decided he's going to commit his first murder. He said, tired of being looked at as the little guy, tired of being sexually assaulted, I'm going to kill someone. So he found the most dangerous man in the prison, and his name was Hazel. Mm -hmm. So... While this inmate was sitting on the toilet, Pee-wee came up behind him and slashed his throat open. Well? This man's just trying to poop. (laughs) I'd be like that sometimes, I guess. When the guards asked him what happened, Pee-wee claimed self-defense. I don't know how you claim self-defense while sitting on the toilet, but... Yeah, I was about to say, like, he's he's in a very prone position. What? (laughs) He only got three more years tacked onto his sentence, so he got eight years in total. They just did not care, I guess. Mm-mm. So he was found guilty of manslaughter after I asked about that and saying it was self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he got more, three more years tacked onto his prison sentence that was served like that he had to serve, what is mm-hmm. it, consecutively? Yeah. But he also got six months of solitary confinement. After killing this guy, it accomplished Pee-wee's goal. He became a power man. So if you don't know what a power man is in prison, they are brutal and feared inmates. So, I guess if you go to prison, you want to be a power... A power man. Man, woman, person. I'm going to be a power man. Yeah. (laughs) That's assuming I go to prison ever in my life, but... (laughs) 
His new status would make his prison life more enjoyable. I mean, why wouldn't you want your prison life to be more enjoyable, you know? Yeah. You got to make sure that you're, you know, experiencing what there is to experience. So in 1955, he's serving his prison sentence. He just killed this man. Life's going good. That was until he got served divorce papers because his wife has filed for divorce. She said, I deserve better. So this royally pissed Pee Wee off. He was like, fuck this. And he escaped. He said, I'm leaving. <laughs> He's like, peace out, home gay. So he escaped from prison successfully. So shortly after his escape, I think at this point he's already married. I think when you like file for divorce while the other person's in prison, I think it's automatically granted. I it could would be wrong. imagine. I don't know. So while he was out and he escaped, he remarried his second <laughs> wife. This marriage only lasted two weeks. He wasted no time. He said no. So after this marriage ended, he met up with Betty Gates. So Betty Gates, she's an attractive woman. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna partner up with you. And he said, okay. Betty Gates and Gaskin, she's like, look, my brother, he's in prison. Let's go bail him out. He's like, cool, where's he at? She's like, he's in Cooksville, Tennessee. So Pee-wee's like, all right, I'm down. So they go to Cooksville, Tennessee. Once they arrive in Tennessee, Betty disappears without a trace. He's like, what the fuck? After, like, they free her brother, it turns out that Betty was just using him because her brother was actually her husband and she needed help (laughs) getting him to escape. So, I mean, imagine his surprise. So Pee-wee's like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to stay at a hotel and figure out my situation yeah that's when they find him in the hotel and they're like you're a prison (laughs) and he tells them about betty's husband so they sentence him and he goes back to south carolina yeah so he serves his time and then in 1962 gaskins is paroled so he would go on to marry his third wife and then that didn't work out so he goes on to marry his fourth wife (laughs) His fourth wife was only 17 years old when they got married, so he's over 18 at this point. But after he marries the 17-year-old, he's like, look, monogamy is just not for me. I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship anymore. Yeah. So he tries to leave her. He tries to divorce. She says she's not going to let that happen. She goes straight to the police and gets him for statutory rape. I mean... (laughs) So, I mean, she's not wrong. So... Gaskins is found guilty, and he's sentenced to six years at the Columbia Penitentiary. So in 1968, he's paroled from this sentence. And then in 1969, Gaskins is driving down a North Carolina highway, and he picks up this female hitchhiker who is traveling to South Carolina. He's like, you're hot. I want to have <laughs> sex with you. She laughed at him. She not only rejected him, she laughed at him. She's like, dude, you're like 5'4", okay? I mean, that's no. valid. So she laughed at the idea of sleeping with him. This pissed him off. And then he beat her unconscious. He then proceeded to rape and sodomize her. And then while she's unconscious, he takes her body to a nearby swamp, weights her unconscious body down with rocks, and pushed her into the swamp where she ultimately drowned. So that was his second... Second kill. Yeah. He decides... He likes this. So going on to the 1970s, he's picking up friendly hitchhikers on the South Carolina highways because he's like, I don't like North Carolina. I want to go back to South Carolina. So he's picking these female hitchhikers up. 
He would torture these victims for days. He was also a cannibal, so he would eat parts of their body and then force them to also eat parts of their body while he's Mm. raping and torturing them. He referred to these hitchhiker killings as his weekend recreation. While murders that were more personal to him were considered serious murders. So. Serious. Serious murders. So, another murder that happened that was considered serious was 15-year-old Janice Kirby and her friend Patricia Alsobrook. And we'll get right to that after a quick word about our sponsors. Janice was Gaskin's niece. I just want to point that out. So Gaskin picked up the two girls Mm -hmm. and he was like, I'm going to take you home. He was driving them home, but he would actually drive them to an abandoned house. He would go on to beat and rape both girls brutally. He then would drown both girls, killing them, and then bury them in two separate locations. And a lot of these people, they were not able to find because he would put them in swamps where alligators would be. That, That makes sense. Martha Dix, she was 20 years old, and she was also another victim of Gaskins. Mm-hmm. She found herself falling in love with him, and I don't know how he's doing it, dude. Like, yeah. what are these people seeing him? This man's in and out of prison. He's in and out of prison. He's short. He's not necessarily attractive. He's been um, married multiple times. Like, And he's not even monogamous, which is fine, but, like, if you're yeah. not into that... So, she found herself falling in love with him, and he took her to his home one night, and after having his way with her sexually, he fed her an overdose mix of liquor and pills. After she died, he dropped her body off in a roadside ditch. He didn't even bother burying her. He was like, "Mm, there you go. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, by 1973, Gaskins was now living with his wife. So, this is his fifth fifth wife. Jesus Christ. And daughter in Prospect, South Carolina. He bought, and I think his fifth wife is when he decided, like, I think that was his last one. I couldn't find anything else like any other wives. So he bought and drove around an old black hearse, Mm -hmm. and he would joke with his friends. He said, I bought this damn thing to haul off all the dead bodies of the people I killed. They're thinking he's laugh like it's a joke. He's not joking. So his next victim... Next two victims. So Gaskin befriended a 23-year-old single mother. Her name was Doreen Dempsey. She had a two-year-old daughter. The two-year-old daughter was named Robin. And she was pregnant with her second child. So he befriended her. And she's like trying to get out of town. And Gaskin's like, I'll take you to the bus stop. Mm -hmm. So she gets in this hearse with her baby. And he's like, all right, we're going to the bus stop. Well... Instead of driving them to the bus station, the bus stop, he takes them to a wooded area. So he would go on to rape Doreen and kill her by slitting her throat. Mm-mm. He then would go on to sodomize baby Robin and then strangle her to death. So I read that he either buried them together or buried them side by side. I couldn't find out. So at first he claimed that he did this because Doreen was pregnant by a black man and baby Robin was biracial. It actually came out he really did this so he could rape baby Robin, but he didn't want to admit that because he didn't want people to kill him while he was in prison. Yeah. And apparently killing because of racism is more acceptable than killing a child. So I mean, at that time, yes. <laughs> whatever. And so in 1975, Suzanne Kipper 
would contact two men, John Owens and John Powell, and she was like, I'm trying to kill my ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I know just the guy. So she would, they would put her in contact with Gaskins, and for $1,500, he agreed to kill her ex-boyfriend, Silas Yates. So Silas Yates was a wealthy farmer in Florence County. I don't think he was a bad person. I think she was just mad. Yeah. I didn't really look into him. So Suzanne Kemper would actually be there for the murder of Silas. But the two men, John Powell and John Owens, would handle all correspondence between Gaskins and Kipper in arranging the murders. Gaskins would then, like the day of, would meet Suzanne and John Owens before the murder took place. So he was working with this girl, this woman named Diane Neely. So she would help. So basically what the plan was, was she was going to like go up to the house and say, hey, I have car trouble. Can you help me? Silas would come out. That's when they would attack. So Diane Neely goes up to the door. She knocks on it. Silas comes to the door and she's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. I have car trouble. Can you help? And Silas would be like, yeah. And they comes out and they get him. Once Silas came out, Gaskins attacked him by slitting his throat and then stabbed him multiple times mm-hmm. with a butcher's knife. So I just want to point out that the evidence did show that this happened with a butcher knife. Gaskins tried to tell the police officers that he did it. He sliced his throat with a karate chop with his hand. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, he tried to say that he slit his throat with a karate chop to his hand and that he killed him by strangling him with his bare hands. No, he did it with a knife. He's just trying to seem stronger than he actually is, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I think he has a power complex. I mean, after being used and tossed around because of his height and being so submissive and all that for so long, I can understand why. I don't think that it's okay, but I get it. I just, the karate shop killed me. I read that and I was like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Mood. So that was false. So John Powell and John Owens watched as Gaskins murdered silas to tell diane like it actually happened even though she was there so i don't know why everybody was there whatever yeah and then the three men helped bury the body so suzanne pays them they all go on their way diane neely if you remember she's the one that was there and lured silas out she was like you know what i'm gonna blackmail peewee of course. Like, that's Cause, smart. Because you can trust no bitch. <laughs> so, Diane and her boyfriend, Avery Howard, who was also an ex-con, so this must be the crowd she hangs out with, mm-hmm. they're like, we're going to tell the police if you don't pay us $5,000 of hush money. Hmm. You know, respect the respect the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, I'm going to also tell them that you murdered three other hitchhikers along with Silas Yates. Because she knew that yeah. he did that. Yeah. Gaskins is like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm not trying to have no trouble. Meet me right outside of town at the place that they specified. And I will give you the money. They're like, sick. All right, all right. They get there and they're met with a gun. <laughs> and they're shot. And they're killed. He's like, you thought. <laughs> and then the two of them were buried in shallow graves that were already dug before they arrived. So He, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He's a pro at, you know, murder. So while he's doing all of this, he also owns a car repair shop. <laughs> you know, well, you gotta, you gotta have side hustle, you know. You know, I guess so his wife is not like, what? Where did this $1,500 come from? 
So two local boys, Johnny Knight and Dennis Bellamy, they robbed the repair shop. The two of them would soon disappear. And <laughs> I guess I guess he didn't appreciate that. Like soon after the robbery, they're like, peace out. So Gaskin obviously killed the two boys because that's what he does. At this point, he has a graveyard where he's like putting all these people he kills. He has like an actual graveyard. Yeah, it's like a makeshift graveyard. Like he has a place that he takes <laughs> these bodies. Not Whoa. the hitchhikers, but like... These other people, like Silas is in this graveyard, the two girls. Now these two men are in there, or these two boys, because they're only like 16. So he buries them with like the other bodies that he's, uh, people he's killed. Mm -hmm. This is kind of funny. So Walter Neely, who is the ex-husband of Diane Neely, who has been murdered, was a trusted friend of Gaskins. And, you know, Gaskins was like, hey, dude, I need help burying these people. And Walter was like, all right, all right, I got you. <laughs> so he comes and helps <laughs> bury next victim. So Gim Gilkins was a 13-year-old girl, and she was another victim, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. she rejected sexual advances by Gaskins and then went on mm-hmm. to tell people that Gaskins and one of his friends had raped her. This pissed him off. So Gaskins told his family, he was like, I'm just going to take her to the bus station. She's just going out of town. Mm-hmm. So he takes her out to the woods, and then he decides to rape and torture her before beating her to death with the butt of a revolver. And then her body was buried into the makeshift cemetery that he has going on. Mm-hmm. His bodies are starting to pile up. I don't know how people are not seeing these people as missing, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. So Kim's disappearance, this is where he fucks up because her family's like, where the fuck is she, you know? Yeah. And so they're starting to point fingers at Gaskin. And they're like telling the police, they're like, look, she was seen with Gaskins numerous on numerous occasions before her disappearance. Mm-hmm. We saw him with her right before he disappears. Like, where where is she? Mm-hmm. So the police are like, all right. So they consider Gaskins a suspect. And then they get a search warrant to search his home. The police go into Gaskins' home, and then they find clothing that belonged to Kim. And so that didn't really prove that he murdered her, but it didn't help. Yeah, (laughs) they were able to arrest him for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So they got him for that. But while he was awaiting trial, so he was sitting in jail awaiting a trial, the police questioned Walter Neely. And Walter is like being pressured by the police his Mm -hmm. minister is like go tell them the truth so walter finally breaks down and shows the police the graveyard he's like look i helped with the burials here so eight graves were discovered so they found the bodies of sellers judy howard diane neely johnny knight dennis bellamy doreen dempsey and her baby robin kim's body was not there and i don't think they ever find kim's body so i think when they start, the police started looking for him, he moved her body. Yeah. But that was never, like, confirmed or denied. They just mm-hmm. were never able to find her body. He could have ate her since he was, like, into oh, cannibalism. That, that's true, but I don't want to think about that. <laughs> so, so, on April 27th in 1976, Gaskin and Walter Neely were charged with eight counts of murder. Mm-hmm. Even though they weren't able to find Kim's body. So... At this point, Gaskins has pleaded not guilty, so they're going to go to trial for Dennis Bellamy. So that's the only murder that they go to trial for 
and he's one of the boys that Gaskin murdered for robbing the shop. Yeah. So they go, so Gaskin's pleaded not guilty, and he claims that Walter, Walter Neely had been the one to kill all the victims, and then Gaskin was just there. So the jury was like, yo, okay. Um, <laughs> and they find him guilty on May 28th in 1976, and they sentence him to death. So to avoid the death penalty... He confesses to the other seven murders mm-hmm. under the influence of truth serum. And I looked into truth serum. I think that's so stupid. It's essentially, people want to think that it, it actually works, but I don't think it actually does. So Should just get them drunk. No, um, it's kind of like lie detector tests. People want to assume that there is just a way that they can figure out who's lying, you know? Yeah, lie detector tests are dumb. I don't, I mean, I just don't think they're, why do we even use them? He confesses to these seven other murders and then they're like, alright, we'll give you seven consecutive life sentences instead of the death penalty. Because I think at this time, the death penalty in South Carolina was ruled unconstitutional. But then it is, I forgot the year, but sometime in, I think in like the 80s, it is they let it back in. They're like, alright, we can do the death penalty. Yeah. So, Walter Neely was found mentally challenged and convicted of but they convicted him of all eight murders, but instead of the death penalty, he was sentenced to life. But I'm like, if he was found mentally, like, incapable, why was he still sentenced to jail? Because people, like, he still did it, so people are like, he still needs to yeah, pay the price. Yeah, but why would he be sentenced but... to the hospital? Yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't really have that at the time. That's I mean, fair. It's the 70s in the South, so. Yeah, who knows? So, Gaskins is sentenced to prison. Mm-hmm. Walters is sentenced to prison. But I'm going to kind of, like, go off topic. So, there is this inmate there. His name is Rudolph Tyner. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a black inmate. But he's there at the same time Gaskins was. So, obviously... We know Gaskins is racist. Yeah. He's not fond of anybody that's not white. He's not fond of a lot of people. But Rudolph was a 24-year-old. He was a drug addict. He came to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina from New York City. Mm-hmm. He was also mentally challenged as well. So Rudolph robbed a mom and pop grocery store in Myrtle's Inlet in South Carolina. He stole $200 and then he stole the lives of the, the two owners, Myrtle and Bill Moon. And they were so cute. I looked up pictures. So, Tyner was quickly arrested and then sentenced to death, but, you know, that process takes seven million years. Yes, it does. So, after the appeals and waiting for death row, it's going on two years, and he's still sitting in jail. Mm -hmm. Tony Simo, he was the son of Myrtles from a different marriage. Yeah. He's pissed. He's like, you deserve to die for killing my mother and stepfather. Like, you shouldn't still be alive. I can't mm-hmm. blame him because I probably would feel the same way. Yeah. And he's like, I need to find somebody who will kill him in prison because that's the only way he's going to die. This is taking too long. Yeah. He hears of Gaskins and he calls and he's like, hey, can you kill this dude? Gaskins yeah. is like, hell yeah. Pay me some money. Tony's like, all right, kill him and I'll give you money. Gaskins can't say no to money. So it's also money hungry. So he agrees. So Gaskins is like, what is a good way I can kill this man? So he tries to poison Rudolph, but it only really made him sick. So he was like, I could stab him, but that's not big (laughs) enough. It had to be showy. Yeah. He's like, I need to do something that hasn't been done before. (laughs) So, he's like, I'm going to blow him up. 
What? So Gaskin gathers these plastic explosives, an electric firing cap, and he fashions it together into this portable radio. So he's like, you know, and Tyner, Tyner finds him like, Rudolph is like, you're my friend, you know? Uh-huh. So Gaskins is like, look, this is a two-way radio. So I'm going to give it to you. We could talk to each other through it. You know, we're separated by the cell. It gets lonely. Here's a way we can talk. So on September 12th in 1982, Gaskins gave the radio to Tyner and he's like, hold the the cup up to your ear at this specific time and you'll be able to hear me talking to you. Tanner's like, cool. So this is a direct quote from Pee Wee. The last thing he heard through that speaker before he blew his head off was me laughing. So it blew, it blew him up. It was a very, very gory scene. It certainly sounds like it. Gaskins was fine guilty for Tyner's death. And this is right around when the death penalty was reintroduced back into South Carolina law. Yeah. So he was immediately sent to death row. Good. So on the day of his execution, you know, it's so funny throughout this whole thing. He's so scared of death himself, but he has no problem inflicting it on other people. I just want to point out, I hate this story. I hate it. I hate Gaskins so much. Mood. So on the day of his execution, Gaskin slashed both of his wrists, like, in hopes it would postpone the death, which I'm just like, bro, let him die <laughs> like that. He's going to die anyways. Yeah. I just want to point out that it's so weird. Like, if this is what me and my dad were talking about one time before he was cray cray, <laughs> that if the government, like, if you get sentenced to death, but you try to kill yourself before them, they try to save you. And my dad was like, it's because you can't kill yourself. The government has to kill you. It has to go their way. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, that is true. So he tries to slash both of his wrists to try and, like, postpone his execution. That didn't work. They're like, whatever. Bring it, brings him to the jail hospital. They stitch both of his wrists up before sending him straight to the, execu- the electric chair. <laughs> so he's going to the electric chair with both of his wrists bandaged up. And he's like, yeah. damn. Well, before he's, like... Before his, like, execution date, he was working, and I didn't get a chance to, like, get this book before it was, because it was going to take too long to get here, but he wrote a book that was released in 1993, like, he was working with an author with it, Mm -hmm. and Gaskins claims that he's murdered, like, 80 to 90 people, but they've only been able to find eight bodies, well, seven bodies, and then they were able to convict him on Kim's murder, but... yeah. Take that with a grain of salt. It, it sounds like H.H. H. Holmes where he's like, yeah, I killed 27 people. And even though some of the people he listed were like alive. So it's like, <laughs> like, sir, I have questions. Yeah. But on September 6th in 1991 at 1.05 a.m., Gaskins was pronounced dead by electrocution. Honestly, his death row experience was very sped up. Yeah. I mean, they were probably just tired of him at that point. They're like, "God damn it, get out of my, get out of my prison." <laughs> so Donald Peewee Gaskins, he's considered to be the most prolific serial killer in South Carolina history. To be fair, we don't, I don't think South Carolina has a lot of, yeah, serial killers. Cole Hep, and then this guy. I don't know. Gaskins is kind of worse, in my opinion, than Cole Hep, yeah. just because he raped a toddler and little uh, boys. Well, yeah, like he was terrible throughout the majority of his life. Whereas, yeah. like, like Cole, Cole Hep was, was awful, also but... terrible. 
Oh, and then we have that one serial killer from Gaffney, but he, I I don't think he's considered a serial killer. I think he like shot four people all within a date, like he was a manic, like mm-hmm. it's like he was in a manic episode and shot four people in the day in like the same day before. Okay, so he was more of like a a spree killer. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that's what it is, a spree killer. Anyway, so that's Pee Wee Gaskin. Wild. <laughs> I didn't I was trying to like I found like a whole bunch of like details, but I didn't want to like normally i would but this one i was like i think i'm gonna leave that out yeah it's one of those things where it's like if people really want to know they can google it but that's for my sanity i don't want to put that in there yeah it's that's valid so hi chris please stop harassing me now that you've heard it (laughs) no no more bullying (laughs) what are your thoughts brie this guy like maybe part of me feels a little bit bad because he did start out like in a situation where he there was nowhere like he could not I don't know like just the whole thing with his mom like the person who's supposed to care and take care of you the most ended up being the first person to betray him yeah and then it just kind of spiraled from there but at the same time you don't have to do terrible shit because terrible shit's been done to you. So Yeah, you can grow from it. Yeah. Anyways. I'm tired of South Carolina. I want to do another state now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, done me like doing, three. It's me doing all of my uh my episodes in Virginia for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like back to back to back Virginia. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm I promise this is not intentional. <laughs> But, wow. So, thank you for sharing that case with us today. I hope your day is ruined, everybody. I hope you yeah. have a terrible day after this, because I, I do. I, have- <laughs> I imagine that people are going to be very grateful that we are taking a break for a little while so they can be like, okay, I, I, need, I, need, a, I need to get away from this murder and all this terrible, awful stuff. Oh, speaking of the break, we're going to take season two, which is going to start back in January. Y'all are in for a treat. We've got a lot of cool stuff in the works for it. I'm excited about it. Do um, we potentially have a website? Yeah, I was actually working on it earlier today, even though I should be editing the next episode, but I'm not. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that. We're but also going to start a Patreon. Yes. Britt was working out some of the, the tier names off of inside jokes from various episodes. I think most of them are things that she said, which is valid because I tend to cut out anything stupid I say. <laughs> it's fair. I'm, I'm okay with the stupid things I say. It's who yeah, I am. They're hilarious, so it's fine. Yeah, we are going to have a whole bunch of stuff in the works for you for season two. We're going to be expanding our presence, so you're going to get a little bit more of us. Sorry mm-hmm. if you don't want that, but... Then you don't have you to here? listen. <laughs> so we are on social media. We are on Instagram at Shockingly Wicked Podcast. We are on Twitter at Wicked Podcast One. We are on TikTok at Shockingly Wicked. We are on Facebook as a Facebook group. It's a private group. Just search up Shockingly Wicked Podcast and click the join button. It usually automatically accepts you. Every now and then, I get a notification that's like, "Hey, so and so is requesting to join." I'm like, "Sure." I don't. I don't say no to anybody. So. We are also on YouTube at, well, we don't have a URL yet, but we're close. We're close. We're Which very, is such very close. a jump. 
<laughs> yeah. So we will have a URL for you guys, hopefully by next season. Just search up Shockingly Wicked Podcast and hit subscribe so that we can get that URL going for you. If you have case suggestions, feel free to email them to us at shockinglywickedpodcast at gmail.com. We do actually also have individual email addresses that came with the website. I haven't sent mine up yet. (laughs) That's okay. They're operational. So if you guys want to reach out to one of us specifically, it's Brianna at shockinglywickedpodcast.com or Brittany at shockinglywickedpodcast.com. We'll probably include those somewhere in our like Instagram bio link if I'm able to do that. But I think that's everything. Brittany, do you have anything else to add? The month of October. Oh, yes. We have a month of October. Yes, we are doing something a tiny bit different. Obviously, we're still going to be talking about true crime, but a lot of horror movies are based off of true crime stories. So we're going to be talking about a couple of those. We're going to review the movie and talk about how much of it is true to the story, like the actual real life story and what was made up for I guess the thrill of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So look forward to that in October. And then our final episode on Halloween is going to be a treat. We learned about this on a cemetery tour at Oakland Cemetery. That we're hoping we can go back and record there. I haven't heard back from anybody, but I am going to call Tuesday. Yes. So if we can, (laughs) we will be recording that directly at Oakland Cemetery. If not, Regardless, it's a really, really interesting turn of events, (laughs) one thing after another. So be sure to join us for that. Thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.